Hey, it's Kathy with Rocky Retirement. And as promised, today's Friday, and so you'll be getting to listen to Henry Shapiro's Retired Excited. I know you're just going to love this as much as I do. And don't forget, you can still listen to Rock Your Retirement, where I'm the host, and those shows are released on Mondays. Welcome to the Retired Excited Podcast. Retired Excited, the show where we give retired and want-to-be-retired folk a look at how great retired life can be. Here we talk to men and women who are happily retired and loving their life. We explore the techniques, activities, beliefs, and excitement of these happy retirees and examine how every Tom, Dick, and Mary can benefit from their experience. Together, we will delve into what retired happiness really looks like and how anyone can achieve it. Here is your host, Henry Shapiro. Hey folks, Henry here at Retired Excited, the show providing inspiration for people who are nearly retired, newly retired, or say they're never going to retire. If you're nearing retirement and fearful of what lies ahead, you don't need to be. If you're already retired and wondering how to fill your days, then this show is exactly for you. Here we talk to retired people doing things that make them happy. Things from stamp collecting to cruising, from dancing to touring the world on a motorbike. There's an exciting stage of life to be enjoyed after full-time work and it's got nothing to do with your financial situation or social position. We talk to everyday retired people who are living the life they want and we talk to a few professionals to get expert advice. And I chip in with some of my own experiences. Welcome everybody to... Episode number 15 of Retired Excited. Now, many of you, I think, would probably have thought about taking up the hobby of painting. My guest today was in business early in life, together with her husband, and took up painting, something that she'd always liked ever since, ever since she was at high school. She took it up later on, and she took it up with focus and with determination. The thing about Agnes is that she always was striving to be better, to learn how to perfect her technique. And to do that, she sought out classes and mentors who could help her to continuously improve. I think in Japan they call that Kaizen, the idea of continuous gradual improvement or gradual continuous improvement. In this interview, we talk about what you need to start. If you think, I'd like to get into art or I'd like to start painting, maybe drawing, whatever it may be. We talk about that and how you can actually break into that hobby, get into that hobby, what materials you would need and where you might find some classes. And she goes into some depth, or we go into some depth, about how you can progress from being a beginner. She started as really an absolute beginner, went to classes, improved over a few years, and then from a student she transitioned to being a teacher. She taught art for a little while, and from there to having exhibitions and being involved in exhibitions, winning prizes in Australia and overseas, being hung in galleries internationally. Really an amazing progression through her hobby and through the art world in a very short time, from start to finish maybe 12 years, or as she says, she was really uh, learning for a couple of years. So 
she went from beginner to being internationally recognised in just a period of 10 years, really. At one stage in this interview, we go down a tangent or a, a side road. Agnes has been ill, and she treated herself with natural therapy. She's very interested in natural therapies, and in fact, in the natural world. And we talk about that for a while because it's very dear to her heart, something that was important and important to her health, uh, extraordinarily important to her health. I've started out by asking her what she was doing before she became interested in art. Okay, I always was interested in art since I was a little girl. It runs into our family, but never had the privilege and opportunity to get into art till, till later on in my life. And I, th I think you said when we were off air that um, you started working in, in an art supply shop? Yes, yes, I worked in three art supplies. There was an interesting one that I worked and um, I met a lot of uh, quite a well-known artists which helped me to learn about art and also about the products that I was selling to them. And in what way did it help you? It helped me to um, uh, know that art, art is beautiful and, and you can accomplish something and, and get, get in a world ahead yes. <laughs> with art because, you know, with artists they don't um, say, you know, they always starved. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's the, the tradition of uh, to starve in a garret somewhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, you're working away in the art supply store, but was that your first introduction to art, to painting? No, I, I painted when I was in high school, and oh, okay. I really loved it. Mm -hmm. I was about four, 13, 14, and mm -hmm. um, I really loved art, and my teacher told my dad to let me paint and that because there's a big thing. You don't have to just paint. You can teach painting. There's a lot of other things that you can do with art. But, um, you know, it didn't work out that way, so mm -hmm. I had to uh, go to work. So then you came back to it later on? Yes. In, yeah. yeah, okay. Now, you said that the people who came in, you had to teach them probably, I don't know if that's the right word, teach them about the products, but also they helped you with your art. Mm, that's yeah. right, yeah. yes. Well, um, it was very important to learn about the products that I was selling. Um, most of the uh, uh, professional artists, they knew what they wanted and, mm -hmm. um, you know, which is the best product. But the people that started to paint, um, they, they didn't know much about it. So uh, I had to learn and put, put together a starter kit. Okay. You know, like watercolour or acrylics or oil or um, ink or charcoal, whatever you were interested in doing. So um, I had to know about it to, to explain to them, you know, otherwise, um, you know, I wouldn't be... They wouldn't know where to start. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And what about, did you do any classes or how did you actually learn to do this? Um, uh, you mean in a shop? No, no, just generally. Um, did you, how did you learn how to paint? Oh, to paint, I started in a community place um, only 12 years ago. Okay. And um, I wanted to accomplish something in my later years so that um, prove myself that I can do things. <laughs> so I, I, I loved art, so I thought that uh, there's always a starting point. So I went to a community house with a little brush, few art and a pad, and that was the beginning. And when Agnes says that she wanted to learn how to do things, and we'll come to this later, you've won lots and lots of prizes mm -hmm. um, and been your works have been displayed overseas at exhibitions. So in only 12 years, you've come a very long way. Yes, yeah. I, I think so. I never expected this because, you know, um, I just 
went in there because I loved art and I wanted to to do it you know um, because I just uh, was interested in it but um, I don't know how I got discovered overseas and invited <laughs> to exhibit in, in, in New York in uh, Las Vegas in Los Angeles wow. and yeah. uh, Italy and all over the world England and all places like that so um, I'm really privileged to be there yeah you had a teacher at the community house and then you had some help from people who came into the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think that if you have a mentor, mm-hmm. it, you can progress very much further. Is that what happened to you? Was it? Did they mentor you? Um, I had two very good teachers that I really, really um, uh, think of them highly. There was mm-hmm. one old teacher. He's in his 90s now, okay. and um, I often see him, and we compete together now. <laughs> And um, I nearly win, but he, if he's there, <laughs> there's no chance. Okay. But um, he he always helped me a lot because he believed in me. He saw what I can do, and he always used to say, you can do better. Um, so he was a bit hard on me, but I, I appreciated it now, yeah. and I understand why he did that. Yeah, he pushed yeah. you along. Yes. Yes, that's terrific. Um, I just think generally in life, if you've got a mentor, you can progress so much quicker. Otherwise, you've got to learn it all yourself. In this case, you can take advantage of his yes. 20, 30 years of his experience. I agree. Yeah, yeah. He, he been, actually, he's been painting about 60 years. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the, the benefit of all that yes. experience. Yes, yes. Yeah. Let's jump now to your paintings. Mm. Tell me a little bit about the paintings that you're doing at the moment. Okay. I, I love watercolour. That is my top, um, you know, uh, medium. <laughs> but um, what, I, what I wanted to do was to create something different because people were stealing my ideas and, um, you know, my paintings and <laughs> copying. So I wanted to come up with something that no one could reproduce, even me. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I thought to do a city scene. I love the city of Melbourne and Sydney and Australia. Mm -hmm. So I thought if I start doing the city scenes, um, I came up with the idea to do the background either in oil, um, acrylic or watercolour and um, do the city with silk, uh, uh, fabric, any kind of fabric, linen, ribbons, whatever I could find, different colours. So I create the whole city with cutting out little little bits and pieces and making the, um, building the city with that. collage. Yes, yeah. you can say that. Mm-hmm. Are they the ones which you have uh, exhibited overseas? Yes. That, that style? Yes, that is the one that I got recognition. And the reason was why, because no one does it in a world. And I think because I came up with the idea, it puts you up high. Um, I never expected this, but that's how it just... That's it, how it worked out. Yes, exactly. Yes. So you're doing city scenes. What When you were doing normal, if, if that's the right word, watercolours, what, yes. what sort of topics were you doing? Okay, I, I love doing everything. I love nature. Um, most of it I grow my own vegetables and fruit and things like that and, and just the beauty of looking up and seeing the fruit and the sky through the, the branches and, and the shapes and the colours and all that. So I can I can create anything with leaves or branches or anything like that, still lives. But also I like the, the wildlife. Um, I like also um, landscapes mm-hmm. and um, basically, you know, um, anything. Anything, mm-hmm. yeah. Here in your house and listeners, um, we're in a beautiful house. It's uh, 
a log cabin kind of a house, although it's much more sophisticated than that. The walls are all lined with timber and stain and there's tim timber floors. So it's obviously that being close to nature and that style is, is important to you. Would that be? Would you say that? Yes, I think so. You know, not everyone would like the timber home, but um, I think it gives out the warmth. And I was really surprised that a lot of teenagers that came to see my with my son, everyone loved it, and they were just fascinated by the shades and different, um, um, different kind of timber that that is in the home. Yes, that creates the atmosphere. That and is. I know you you like aromatherapy. Yes, and those sorts of things. So things which are close to nature interest yes. you i think yeah uh, yeah i love i love essential oils mm -hmm. um i think in a few years time it's going to come back because a lot of the antibiotics and um the medicines that the doctors are using they're not working now and i i have studied and i'm learning still um doing courses to learn about the the way they treated people many years ago from egypt and and, and rome and um you know israel and all those ancient places the manuscripts that they used with mm -hmm. the essential oils so i'm learning about how to use it i love using it and with friends and all that stuff so um mm -hmm. yeah i encourage everyone even to look into it <laughs> i will come back to painting in a moment folks but i just want to delve into this a little bit further uh, can aromatherapy and essential oils be used as a healing exercise yes yes i did um i had i had cancer two three years ago and i strongly believe in natural products i went i refused all the treatments from the doctors so i went actually um um you know using all the natural things there's few that you can ingest there's few that you can inhale there's few that you can rub on so there's different ways of using it um, they have to be certified and they have to be known from where they come from mm -hmm. so it's not just any essential oils that you can go and use because some of them could be toxic yes. so you have to be very careful about um, how to use them uh, i first met agnes uh, at a dinner actually and you were very careful about what you were eating Yes. Uh, is that is that part of the therapy to uh, help you with your cancer? Yes, yes. Thinking of, uh, it's very simple. Um, if you just think what our grandparents had and our great-grandparents, what did they have? They never had any processed food or why this and why that. Yes. They just had the natural things, what was in season, um, everything fresh and um, organic. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's simple and I don't miss out on anything. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of people think, how can I? But I think, um, you know, it, it, it's beautiful to eat whatever nature provides for us. And what has happened with your uh, your cancer? So uh, yes, I, I'm I'm quite good. The doctors want to see me every six months because okay. they want to see okay. if I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, they are very, very surprised how, how good I feel and how good I look. Yes. <laughs> and um, how much strength I have. And I have a lot of passion for life and yes. I think I'll be here for quite a, a long time yet <laughs> of course <laughs> um, so let's get back to painting this okay. was supposed to be about painting but I, I couldn't uh, pass that by because no. I knew it's a it's a passion of yours yes thank you when you think about painting and you think all right I want to do another painting um, you might have finished one it might, you might have sold some what's the process how do you conceptualize or what gives you the inspiration for the next one yes um i, I can I, I think i will have so many things in my mind and in my heart to paint and i'll 
never run out of things. I think I'll die taking some with me. But uh, anything that you look around, you know, just look outside with the flowers, with the um, bees, with, with anything that's out there, you know. And I say how beautiful that is. You can create a painting just with one one leaf. You can create a painting with an apple or, or um, say, for a branch with different colors. And um, anything that you see, you should learn to look around and observe and we haven't got time for that anymore. So if you take the time to look how many things are there, you'll never run out of never ideas. Out never. You said an interesting thing there. You said um, things you see and things in your heart. Mm. Can you talk about that? Um, yes. I think, I think I always loved, I loved what's there for us out in nature. You know, it's there for our, all of us and it's free. You know, all we need to take is the time mm -hmm. and um, just to go and enjoy it with the families, with the grandkids, with the children, whatever, and um, ju just observe, you know. Um, so when I say the heart, mm -hmm. is emotion an issue in your yes. paintings? Yes, yes. And, and, and how does that resolve itself or how does that, uh, how do you bring that to your work? I think I think it is a, a passion that I have. For example, you can do you can do city scenes. You can do a thousand city scenes because even the same painting you can do, but if you look in one hour time, the whole atmosphere will change. When the sun's going down, when the sun's coming up, when it's hot, when it's cold, when it's uh, um, steamy, when it's frosty, when all, all those atmospheric. Um, um, times you just have to look so uh, you can create that you know just to see that's a beautiful sunset or sun morning that's coming up so I think um, um, we we just have to learn to appreciate and observe what's out there for us I'm working towards a very hard question okay <laughs> all right <laughs> mm -hmm. Your paintings are obviously, when you look at them, they're paintings, but some paintings are very realistic, very, very realistic. Mm -hmm. And that gets me to the point of what is the difference between a photo and a painting? Okay, uh, this is what my old teacher taught me, and it was a very valuable lesson. We went to, because I used to exhibit with him mm -hmm. in the same show, so uh, one day he, he showed me how to judge a show and let me judge one on my own. And I said, that's very important for you. Now that you are known, you have to do this. So he took me in one art show and he said, look around. And he said, that one is from a photograph. That one is from a photograph. That one is. And I asked him, how do you know? And he said, it's easy because the photograph lies. And the photograph will t it's darker than that, that normal. So he said, you any, mean, "Do you mean darker in it, light and dark, or yes. darker in uh, emotion?" Dark. Emotion, both, both. Because um, even even with the light, um, you can see um, uh, with the photograph, it will just uh, show you what it is. But actually, if you look outside, um, everything is brighter. Everything is alive. And I think that was the very little secret, <laughs> but it was a valuable one for me to learn. Mm -hmm. um, even though I paint a lot from photographs, uh, I learned how to do it to be alive. To be alive. Mm -hmm. So the difference between a photo and a painting yes. 
as there's life in the painting. Exactly. Is that, is that, am I understanding exactly. that? Yes. yes. And it is with the, with the tone, tonal values of it that you have to create a painting. And I think the light will stay very light or white, you know, to give it a shine. Yeah. And and um, I think like that you can see it. Uh, it will it will create a painting by the shades. So we've got some budding artists out there, and they think I'm going to enter a, a competition. Tell us how you judge a competition. <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. You know, it's yes, a hard one because these are the hard questions. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, when you judge a show, first of all, um, you know, you probably know a lot of friends there, and you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't show favoritism. You have to be very careful how you judge a show. Um, there are sections. So what I do, I'll put them in sections, in still life, in landscapes, in oil, watercolour, what section there is, and you work from that. You, you observe that and then you would choose three and you'd pick those three out and you look around and then you'd have to know why you chose those three. And which so one. if one's a still life and one's a landscape and one's a portrait, mm -hmm. how can you judge between those? Okay, well, there will be in different sections. Okay, so, so the judging easy. is in sections. Yes, yes, so, yes, so, you know, unless if the whole show you can put mm -hmm. anything in, but mm -hmm. usually there are sections. If there's portraits and, uh, you know, there would be all people would, will judge us as a portrait section or, or landscape, landscape section or still life. Okay. So they wouldn't be classed as a same group. So you're judging on... <clears throat> Um, the feeling that the painting evokes or are you judging on technique of the painter? What's the important thing in the judging? I think uh, all of them are because, you know, you have to eat the composition, mm -hmm. you know, it has to be. It's also about the life, the re realistic um, thing, you know, how it is and the colours, how they're coordinated and, and, you know, if it has life in it or not, if it's a vow factor, you can see it. You know, if there's a painting and it stands out, okay. you know, it can't go wrong. You can't miss it. You know, it, it, it shows you that it is alive. So you'll know. You'll know. Yes. I'm going to swap channels again now to <laughs> something completely yeah. different. Um, for people who are starting painting, mm. they perhaps they've retired. I think, oh, that would be a good thing. How would they go about it? What what should they do? Okay, okay. There, there are uh, first of all, uh, they probably need to find somewhere to go, because um, uh, you somewhere can, to go to learn. You mean? Yes, yes. to, to mm. go. There's, there's a lot of places that for beginners. There's community places. There's art classes, and also um, a lot of people don't know what medium to start. You know, you might like oil. You know, you might like watercolor. So um, I. I, I I think that you should have a go with everything. Like start with one, a watercolour or, or pastel or whatever you, you, you have a passion for. S try it. And if you, you think it's not for you, you can try something different. And you'd find out that by doing these things, you will find out what you really love to do and what works for you. Like with the oils, you'd have to have the brush marks yes. you know, in it. With watercolour, you have to not have the brush marks. Okay. You have to learn how to do it with the water yes. so um you know it depends what you want some people you know they're allergic to the oils okay. and and in the watercolor that doesn't have that so um and it's also not as messy so the oil needs to dry the watercolor you know dries quicker yes. so it, it's up to the individual you know what do they have an idea of why they want to start different things and what they want to do and i think i tried all mediums everything possible you can imagine mm -hmm. and i still love watercolor the best 
It is the hardest medium to learn. A lot of people don't know that. But once if you can master watercolour, you can do anything, I think. I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> well, you know now. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, all right, now I've, I've started painting mm -hmm. or, or pastels or drawing or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. and I'm getting a little bit better. Uh -huh. How do I move? What's the next move up? If I put okay, well, well, if you like it and mm -hmm. if you're really interested. I love it. Let's say I love it. Okay, you love it and yes. you're proud of your little painting. Yeah. You can frame it and you can enter art shows. Right. There's a lot around. There's rotary clubs. There's There's... Uh, private little art shows. There's a lot of shows. You just have to Google it. Um, you know. I was going to say, how do you find out about them? Yeah. Well, if you if you go say for example the Rotary Club, yeah. You know they'll have a show every year, okay. everywhere, all of them. That that's a start. But even locally, locally, if you just inquire, there's always shows around where you live. Um, you can enter them. You know, doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you don't sell or don't win. It doesn't really matter. No. But people looked at it. Yes. You know, and yes. people always, somebody will love your painting. Yes. People won't like it, but somebody will really love your painting. And But the important thing is if you love it, you know, doesn't matter whoever, what other people think, art is art. So I'm just going to go down the commercial road for, okay. for a moment. Mm -hmm. I know starving artists don't do that. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right, so you've got your painting at a, a show, a Rotary mm -hmm. Club show, and most of them have got a price on them. Mm-hmm. How do you work out what the price is going to be? What? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Okay. So say, for example, you, you have a little painting and um, uh, you need to frame it. So you put the frame into consideration. Mm -hmm. So usually triple that. Triple because, the framing price. Yes. Yeah, so say there's a, a frame, mm -hmm. then there's the material that you use, and then there's the entry fee. Yes. In the show, so you actually put the three ton price on, um, you triple so it. So my frame was worth uh, three hundred. Yeah, oh, three hundred. Three hundred. Say three hundred. You're painting three hundred. You can put it eight hundred, seven hundred. If if you think it's a really great painting, yes. and you think that it deserves more, um, if you win prizes with it, you can put it in another show and put the prize even more than that. I uh, so that's how it works around. That's yeah. the the common thing in the industry. If I put yeah, it that way, yeah. You, and, you, you, have a look at well this is for people who are starting out I'm not yeah, talking that's about right. yeah. Um, yeah. your pro hearts but no <laughs> exactly <laughs> your framing plus all your costs yeah, yeah. And, and triple it that, that's exactly right so you yeah. started that and if you see you know like you can always come down with the price mm -hmm. you can never go up do, do people bargain with you um, yes, sometimes, but I mean, I mean, if you put a painting three, um, three hundred, and and then uh, you know, uh, you put it six hundred, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, people will think it's strange. But in some shows, uh, in some areas that that it's a high profile area, of course, they have more money, so you would probably price it a little bit more yeah. because the entry fees would be higher, the hiring of the hall, and the percentage that they take out. The shows that say, for example, some of them take twenty percent, some of them take thirty five percent out. So you have to consider that. And you, know. you, you include that in your cost. Yes, exactly. So that yeah. would be in that cost because, you know, otherwise we won't get anything. We'd be so, losing. So then it seems to me the next move up, you've, mm -hmm. you've done the rotary and you've done the local shows, is to have your own exhibition. Yes. And that would be really exciting. Yes. How does that happen? Okay, well, you have a plan. <laughs> so what do you desire? You know, I um, I, I fell in love with Monsalvat. I don't know if a lot of people know about Monsalvat. It's an art colony. It's the oldest one in Eltham. Mm -hmm. So I went over there and I fell in love with it. I spent two days photographing every little crevice and corner and I decided to have an exhibition all about Monsalvat. 
So what I called it the treasures of Montsolvet, but it took me two years to paint 70 paintings, all, <laughs> all on, on subject of Montsolvet. I did windows, doors, I did whatever I could imagine, every building, um, uh, peacocks, uh, whatever was there. Um, and I, I really um, wanted to show people that you can paint only on one subject in so many different things that are there and I could still paint till I die if I stayed there and just <laughs> painted but I need to do different things as well. So where did you show the paintings? At Montsorbet. At Montsorbet. Yes. And tell me how you arrange a showing. How does that happen? Okay. Yes. Yeah, that was a bit difficult because I approached them with my idea. You have to submit it. Okay. So they gave me a little bit hard time but I said, no, I'm going to persist. Um, they didn't think that I would be able to advertise it, but I managed to go and see every newspaper around there, seven of them, and convince them to advertise for me. <laughs> so they did. And um, with the invitation, I was really privileged that a lot of people came, but also I was privileged to have an art, art critic, an art historian that came there. And uh, he was very, very impressed. So he invited me to his class twice in the city to teach his students. And I thought that was a very big So privilege. now you're you were teaching then. Uh, You've I, gone from okay. being a student to being a teacher. <laughs> oh, yeah, I taught, I taught for a couple of years yeah, yeah. before I got sick, so I did. I love teaching um, people, you know. Uh, and in, uh, I believe that in teaching you learn more yourself, don't you? Yes, because um, everyone, you know, um, sees through their eyes differently than you do. Mm -hmm. So if I set up a still life there, there's 20 students, everyone, it's the same subject, but everyone will see it differently. Yes, and yes. it's a beautiful thing, you know, how they will interpret art. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. You can put different colors, you can put different, um, you know, different angles when you dip into where you sit, yes. you know, so the same still life will be in 20 different expressions or yes. interpretations. Interpretations. Yes. So you had a... Uh, were you the only person showing? It was it was just your work. Um, no, I I had a guy that um, he was interested in it, so he he did. Um, it was a combined exhibition there mm. because he introduced me to that, and I thought that the, it it would be unfair if yes. I didn't include him Not in sure. it because mm. I never had the time to go to months of that. But he insisted for me to see with the students with the art group, so I thought that you know. Um, I would include him. Yes. So we had like one a joint side, exhibition. Joint exhibition. One side was mine and the other side was his. Did, so the product, did your painting sell? Most of them. I won a uh, few, few of them I entered after the exhibition. I entered in shows and I, um, uh, some of them I won prizes and they mm -hmm. um, kept the paintings. So yes. um, I haven't, I, yeah, I haven't got many left. <laughs> um, a couple of them are in Las Vegas in the museum. They kept it there because um, they said that they want to permanently keep it there. I had an exhibition in Las Vegas, so they thought the windows are just gorgeous, so <laughs> it's there. It's amazing. It's, <laughs> Thank I you. mean, the progression, it's only 12 years. Yeah, it? yeah, but the first two years I was studying and learning and working, well, so it's, it's 10 years. years. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, I mean that anyone it's a, can... It's, uh, you could say it's a meteoric rise in, yeah. in art terms. I mean, some yes. people are painting all their lives. Yes. They don't but reach this. I think you have to be passionate about it, and a lot of people go in there just for the money 
and they are disappointed. I think, you know, you know, and it's hard if you can't afford, you know, you need to live. But I mean, if you go there because you're passionate about it and um, don't look that side of it, it will happen, you yes. know, one day. Uh, I'm doing it as a hobby, which is a very successful hobby, and I'm privileged that I can do it. But I, I must say that when I was working two jobs, I did this in at night with lights from a photograph. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to learn. So the thing is why I'm saying this is that Anything is possible. You just have to believe in yourself and never say that you can't do it. Always have a go and just give it a go. See if it is. If it doesn't work out, try something different. You know, our life doesn't stop just because we get to 60 or 70. Um, the most famous arts with Ford and other places, they started in the 60s, 70s, the new business, and they were successful in history. So we can do it too. <laughs> That is the perfect place to stop. Thank you very much. uh, I was going to ask you what's your advice to people, Uh and that was the advice. That was perfect. Thank you. (laughs) Don't give up. Keep going. Have a go. That's your advice. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. I guess you understand now why I called Agnes focused. She always had a burning desire to learn and to improve what she was doing. She sought out mentors to help her with that. And she's really impressive in that respect. She recommends that people who would like the idea of painting and creativity in general try all the mediums. So it might be pastel, it might be charcoal, watercolours, oil paints, even sculpture, and see what suits them, what suits their style, what suits the subjects that they're interested in. Don't get locked into one thing at the start, but give it all a go and uh, you'll find your niche within the whole gamut of the hobby of art and painting. I think she says that it's her passion and her love for the natural world that drives her. That's really what's behind her success. Now, if you'd like to follow up uh, this whole world of art, you can find any number of courses on the internet. Just Google art classes, that'll take you there. And as always, I would really like you to say what you think about the hobby about Agnes uh, in the reply box at the bottom of this interview on the net. That's at retiredexcited.com. If you're already an artist, tell us a little bit about how you broke into that world, how you developed skills and what you recommend to other people. If you'd like to learn more about Agnes or talk to her or have a look at some more of her work, go to her website. It's at www dot agili dot com dot au so once again www dot agili dot com dot au you'll find her email on the site there if you want to contact me just email me at henry at retired dot com once again that's it for today stay healthy stay well i'll see you next week bye now
Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, 
we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.